Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. My guest today is Nathan. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and thanks for having me back. Today's topic, Wolverine and the X-Men, an animated adaption of the X-Men franchise. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. We've reviewed an X-Men animated series before on the podcast. And it's the best one, admittedly. X-Men, that came out in the 90s. I believe it ended, was it 97? Is that when it ended? Yeah. Yep. And then we're getting Correct. a continuation of that on Disney+. Plus. So there is excitement That's, again yeah. for the original, for the new one. We're already seeing toys, action figures, Lego. It is exciting. But if you look on Disney+, Plus, at least for us, here in Australia, the 90s animated series is all that's available. The show we're here mm. to talk about today isn't available. X-Men Evolution isn't available. I'm hoping that's going to change because I believe in the US, all the X-Men animated series are streaming on Disney+. Plus. I think it will. I think it's only a matter of time before uh, Disney Plus uh, follow what's happening over there for us and release those shows for us. Cause I think the hype is building. Like you say, they've released the toy line, they've released the Lego line for it. And fans like you and I, who grew up with the original uh, are hotly anticipating X-Men 97. So I think uh, the excitement is palpable and they will probably more than likely release those shows. I mean, you got to think it's nothing to do with whether or not they think fans in Australia are excited. Those shows are going to be, tied up somewhere else i mean famously you know in the you know 80s 90s early noughties marvel were just selling off rights to their characters for films like absolutely you know, blade in 98 yeah. x-men 2000 all of that and now we've got marvel studios so maybe that's what happened with animation as well yeah and i think this show that we're here to talk about today wolverine and the x-men it's a very strange kind of hybrid it's sort of it feels like it wants to be two things it feels like it wants to be somewhat of a continuation of the x-men cartoon from the 90s that we're referencing and it also feels like it wants to tie into fox's x-men cinematic universe it has that kind of hybridization to it absolutely i would say the music it feels like there's so many times that when they're playing a heroic theme that it just wants to be 90s X-Men. And it feels like yep. it almost does it, but it doesn't because it's a different thing. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, it does feel like Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. And do you know what? This is So I've seen it twice now. When it first came out, I watched it, and then, like yourself, picked up the DVD, which is fortunate because we were able to watch our DVDs for this review. It mm. isn't streaming anywhere. It's not even available for digital purchase. You can't even how buy it from iTunes, Amazon. No, it's. I mean, how good is it that we were able to get copies of this on DVD when we did? How fortuitous is that? Yes. So this came out around the same time as the 2009 X-Men Origins Wolverine movie. So mm. it does feel like, I get what you're saying, that it has a feel that it, it does feel seem like it could fit into the Fox X-Men films. Or oh, what I was going to say, just on Hugh Jackman, this second viewing, Wolverine is tall 
in this show. Yeah, it's it's not something that. that I noticed that first time around. So they're definitely yeah. like leaning into like, hey, you're enjoying live action Wolverine. Look, we That's also have yeah. a tall Wolverine, and I can't going for that. Just with his look and his aesthetic, a lot of the times he's just wearing a uh, like a fitted shirt and jeans when he's outside of his uniform, and he very much has that Hugh Jackman vibe. Like you say, he's got the height, well, the incorrect height, uh, we should say. Um, I liked the early X-Men cartoons depicted him as shorter, um, and that's something I really needed to do. But I guess, like you say, they're leaning into the movies rather than the comics. Yeah. So, of course, and they're this- going to go with that. And this is isolated for the most part. I mean, this is just one season. Yeah. But I was interested to find out, right? So this series actually takes place in the Earth 8096 version of the Marvel Universe. So if you're wondering what other shows or films share that continuity, it is Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which came out in 2010, the movie Hulk versus, which was 2009, that's where he was mm-hmm. versus Hulk, he was versus Thor, and yeah. Thor Tales of Asgard that came out in 2011. I had no idea that they share this universe because I honestly thought this was completely isolated. But it, yeah, mm. um, that's interesting yeah, only, to know. It only ran one season, as you say, and then it was cancelled unceremoniously, which is a shame because. It builds and builds and builds, and when you get to the season finale, they basically tease the Age of Apocalypse, which would have been fantastic to see set up for season two. I mean, I was going to save that for the end, but yes, there is a big cliffhanger because, yes, you've got the the A plot, B plot, C plot of this season. Primarily, obviously, Wolverine is the main character. Yeah, Sentinels, you've got Xavier in the future. There's mm. that one episode which does, you know, lean into the Hulk versus movie where it's Wolverine versus right. Hulk, Watch which is really night. cool. Like mm. the costume in the show in general, but there's that moment when Wolverine is remembering when he first faced Hulk and he's got the classic first appearance. To the original Wolverine, his mask has the whiskers. So that's really yeah. cool. So, yeah, so for the most part, that's what this show is. It is mutants. You've got Genosha, Magneto. There's mm. there's characters changing sides, like Rogue. Like when she leaves at the beginning of the season to join the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, mm. and then it's like, oh no, actually she was just playing Magneto. But then you're like, no, she was actually playing Wolverine. So there's yeah. interesting things happening. But when I think this show, it is Sentinels. That's what I think. So when you yeah. get to that cliffhanger. What would have been set, well, what does set up season two of the show or the season we didn't get? Apocalypse. You've got Cyclops, battle damaged, his visor, the scar, and he's stood there. Mm. Apocalypse walks out, and you're like, bring on season two. And it never happened. Yeah, you were so hyped. I remember initially watching that DVD the first time and just being so hyped, like at the end of it, just going, wow, 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 bring on season two. This is going to be a direct retelling of AOA, but. Not to be. Would've yeah, been cool. I know. I know, I know. So this show, it is the fourth of five animated adaptions of the X-Men characters, the other four being Pride of the X-Men, X-Men the Animated Series, X-Men Evolution, 
mm. and an anime adaption known simply as X-Men. What's interesting about Pride of the X-Men, I don't know if you've seen that one. I remember watching it on an old VHS tape, and it was essentially a pilot for a show that yeah. never got picked up. And in that, I don't know the actor, but it's pretty funny that Wolverine has an Australian accent. So I'm assuming <laughs> it was an Aussie actor that had voicing Wolverine. Of course, that changed with Cal Dodd with X-Men the Animated Series. But yeah, that was just like a brief thing. Like they tried to launch an X-Men animated series. It didn't work. I can't remember. It's been such a long time ago. Um, but yes, all in all, so far we've had five. And then, of course, the new Disney Plus show is a continuation of X-Men, mm. the animated series. Which is, which is going to be great because the original voice cast um, uh, for that uh, are all coming back to reprise their roles, which which is awesome. Absolutely. So Wolverine mm. and the X-Men, it's got an interesting opening because you've got the characters Wolverine is getting ready to leave they're at the Xavier mansion school for gifted youngsters mutants. and there's an explosion yeah. and you're like they don't say mutants do they? isn't it just gifted youngsters is it, is it mutants or youngsters gifted I think you might be right youngsters. I don't know yeah. I don't think they have mutants on the plaque outside I thought no. it was Xavier's school for gifted I don't know now. What are we... We're going to have to look that up off air. Oh, we're X-Men guys, though. You more so. No, I know. We should know this. I thought it was gifted youngsters. Anyway. I think you're right. I think you're right. We'll, we'll go let's with that. Just, let's just go with it. So anyway, after an explosion at the school, the X-Men went their separate ways, but they must mm -hmm. unite again under the leadership of Wolverine to prevent an inevitable war while also dealing with present problems. So straight away, it's like, well, literally opens with an explosion. Wolverine wakes up. He doesn't know where he is. You've got Cyclops that's just given up on everything because Gene's gone. And there's yeah. this whole mystery, like, who's behind it? What's going on? So straight away, you're like, you just, it's it's such a quick watch, this show. Yeah, they're fragmented. They, they are. And again, like, you do have that Hulk episode. And, you know, again, the different plots do intertwine. But the main plot is just driving mm. forward and just having that mystery. So it does keep you, keep you gripped. Yeah, yeah. And it's great that Wolverine's able to assemble them relatively quickly. Within two or three episodes, he's basically corralled them to action again, which is pretty good. It's, it's a nice, quick way to get things kind of in order. So this show was developed by two people. Greg Johnson and Craig Kyle. Mm. Now I'm guessing you know Craig Kyle. Yes, he teamed with Christopher Yost and wrote a lot of comics, including New X-Men, which I have quite a, a substantial run of. And he is best known for his creation of the character X-23. That was him, mm. yep. which is huge. I mean, if you've not read the comics, but, you know, X-23, or there's X-23 clones in this, who yeah. are completely kick-ass. But if you've yeah. just seen the live-action movies, Logan. Logan, <laughs> you know, she's so in that. Yeah, there you go. She, she's in that. And she was in X-Men Evolution, which, that oh, man, I know we're not talking about that one, but I love that show. X-Men yeah. Evolution was bloody it was good. fantastic. You know, they... mutants, evil, good, in high school together. Oh, that was, that was a fun It was awesome. Was and, like, Rogue was, a goth, Rogue was a goth chick, which was awesome. Remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Honestly, yeah. I really, really enjoyed that. 
I, I just think like, have to risk that. probably going to hit Disney Plus at some point. Let's just let's I play think so. Game. Yeah. yeah. But um, getting back to Yoast, Kyle and Yoast, they created a raft of um, a whole raft of different new X Men characters for a new generation, and they put them in their new X Men book. Some of them turn up in cameo roles in this show that we're here to talk about today. We see an episode with Dust, and uh, she's in the helicopter, and she helps um, to them to evade the MRD when they uh, go to break them out of the stronghold facility they had there. We also see a cameo of Mag- uh, a mutant called. I uh, just forget his name. Um, he has like a very powerful skill set. He basically just explodes. Just trying to remember his name. It's really obvious, but it escapes me now. But they created him. Um, I think they even created, um, well, let's see. I think Marrow, maybe. She creates the bone okay. shards. Rock Slide, he was another one. One thing yeah. I do like about the show, though, is Bishop. We see the return of Bishop. We do. Bold Bishop. But he's still got yes. the M. Got to have the that M. That was my... That was my favorite look for him, to be honest. Like it was, don't get me wrong, the early 90s bishop with the big flowing mullet was cool, but bald bishop with the big M just was iconic. He was like the late 90s kind of bishop, early 2000s bishop, and it just worked. He looked awesome. I was thinking last night, if you could cast an actor as live action bald bishop, you'd probably go with a guy like Michael Jai White, maybe Terry Crews. That could work. Yeah, no, I can, yeah, I can see that. Mm. Absolutely. Fun fan casting I did last night when I was watching the show. Yeah, no, I can. Yeah, I can see that. Forge, mm. we've got a different take of yes. Forge. Like he's um he's got the the mechanical leg, but he's is a newer character where he's, he's usually a lot older, isn't he? Whether it's in the comics yeah. or other traditional interpretations, yeah, right. they've gone for a youthful vibe with him in this show. Yeah, so that was that was interesting. I mean, Wolverine, it's his show, voiced here by Steve Blum. I mean, he is no stranger to the character. He's also voiced Wolverine in other Marvel animated works, such as Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Hulk Versus, the Marvel anime X-Men, and Marvel anime Wolverine. There you go. And also uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. He had a cameo appearance in an episode where him and him and Spidey switched bodies. Ah, really? But yep, that's... That was an awesome episode. was an awesome yes. episode. It's one of my favorites. Okay, I didn't know he did. Well, there you go. So he's um, he's played the character even more than more than I realized. And I like him. I, I, mean, I really do. Like, I, I tell you what, Cal Dodd to me from the original, who's coming back to do X Men '97, he'll always be Wolverine in my mind, and he's the voice I hear when I read Wolverine in the comics. But outside of Cal Dodd, I have no problems whatsoever with Steve Blum voicing Wolverine. I think he does a fantastic job. I think they're both great for the part. Yeah, absolutely. And voicing Cyclops, we have Nolan North. And what's mm-hmm. interesting about this version of X-Men is that Cyclops and Wolverine have switched roles. Cyclops mm-hmm. is the bitter loner and Wolverine is the responsible leader. Team leader, yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I, mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, for this to have only gone one season, I don't know if it's because the show just came to a natural end or, you know, for the reasons why it didn't get picked up. I mean, it seems to be almost I mean, it's definitely far from anyone's favorite X-Men animated series, almost the forgotten one. Mm. Maybe it's things like that. You know, the, the characters acting differently. I mean, it's it's in the story. Like, it's understandable yeah. why Cyclops becomes a bit alone, but at the same time, maybe mm. people, when it comes to X-Men, they want 
loan of Wolverine. They want like a strong leader in Cyclops. So maybe people, it just didn't click with them. They played them against type. But I think it's also interesting to note this show kind of exists in its own pocket universe. It's refer- it's referencing other things and other timelines, but it sort of seems to be doing its own thing as well. I know, but if it's connected to Earth's Mightiest Heroes, I mean, that show was huge. That show had mm. such a strong following. The yeah, only reason why that show ended is because we had Marvel Studios putting out you know, their Avengers, and they wanted an Avengers animated series that looked more like the movies. And that's where we got it, didn't they? Avengers Assemble, which was a new mm. thing. So that's an example of a show being cancelled not because it wasn't doing well or there wasn't an audience for it. But they just want to start branding. again. Absolutely. Yeah, we're into line with branding. And maybe that could have been what happened. I mean, this show, if it is connected to Earth's Mightiest Heroes, right? Okay, we're mm. not doing that anymore. We want to do mm. something do something different. At the time, MCU yeah. or Marvel Studios didn't have X-Men. Now they do. Then they didn't. Yeah. So they're like, well, we don't want to do that. We just want to concentrate on what we own. So that begs the question: Will uh, now that Marvel Marvel uh, are on Disney Plus, do they? Is it worth it to them to resurrect the show and put it back out there for people to watch? Or well, again, is it, is, in, it, is, it, is, it, is it the ugly duckling they don't really want to acknowledge? I just think it's right to tie it up somewhere. I don't think mm. it, you know they're doing it for any other reason. I mean, again, like in the US, Wolverine and the X Men from what I've read, is available on Disney+. Plus. It's just for, yeah. for us here in Australia. We don't have yeah. access to it. But I mean, then, by no means. If you look, oh God, I think it's like Magma or something like that. Like It's not like a big distributor that put out our DVDs. So mm. maybe it's just, I don't know. We're just speculating, I mean, but maybe it's tied by, up. By no means was this a bad show. It was great. I actually had the thought last night that when they bring back X-Men 97, I hope it's with these sorts of production values and this sort of animation style or and this sort of budget because it feels like can you imagine like the old school X-Men that we grew up with cartoon but with these production values it would be incredible. Yeah, well the I mean overall yeah the animation like it absolutely holds up. It looks yeah. great and what I, what I find interesting like if you look at the character designs or mm. the costumes that they're wearing in this it's lifted straight from the astonishing X Men comic series. Yeah, absolutely. There's even nods to um, Ultimate X Men continuity. Um, I mean, you have the main villain in this is General Wraith, and um, Wraith is a character who pops up in the Ultimate X Men comics. He's directly responsible for heading up Weapon X and the torture of Wolverine. There you go. Mm, so it's got nods and winks. It it does, but. Yeah, but I mean, but astonishing X Men definitely a strong influence. Mm. What I will say though, for me, you need to see Cyclops's hair. I yeah. love that design. I absolutely yeah. love the design. So whenever you see Cyclops wearing a mask and his hair's covered, it's like ah, oh. because they did it in the X Force yeah, comics. You know, you have right. an action figure of it as well, where his costume was all blue and there's that that's white right. stripe down the, the front. Advisor and the hair's like that's right. Top. Yeah, yeah. What we need is the Jim Lee design, lots of pouches, belts in weird places. <laughs> like, yes, I want to see it. Full 90s. That's the cycle design. Well, and that's what we're gonna get in the 
97 card. I hope so, man. Like, go big or go home, I reckon. Like, go We've full 90. We've seen character designs. We've seen the, the merchandise already for the 97 show. They've mm. got it. They've got the look. I mean, Rogue has the look in this. You know, she's got the green and yellow jumpsuit. She's got the brown jacket. jacket. That's what you need. That's, good, that's, what you yeah, need for that's cool. I actually really love the character designs in this. And it's kind of fun, like in a geeky way. I sort of look at the animation style or the art style, and I try to imagine which artists uh, from comics um, in the comics world were bought in to flesh out the designs of the characters. I, I try to sort of match it up and go, whose style is that? Whose style does that look like? You know, I love playing that game. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah. Because I could rattle off artists, but I, and I won't. But like, I was, I, I sort of look at the designs and go, oh, that looks like so and so's art, you know? I love doing that. Yeah. And you've got such a wealth of knowledge as well. And you've read, I mean, how many years, how many decades have you read <laughs> X Men? Oh, so between the two of us, right? Between the two of us. We're, yeah. We're, I mean, you know, we've, we've talked about it before, like growing up, like, you know, we both grew up reading comics. I was definitely more DC than Marvel. And I guess when it came to DC, you probably read more Batman. And when it came to Marvel, I probably read more Spider Man. But I did, mm. you know, sometimes read X Men as well. But for me, X Men growing up was the '90s animated series, oh, yeah. and then of course yeah. the the Fox live action movies, and you know animated shows, you know like this. Uh, okay, so if you're gonna rate Wolverine and the X Men out of five, that's a tough one. Um, it's it's one of those things. I want to say five out of five, but I like I can't. I think I'm gonna come in at like four, which which is still good because um, it's it's not the X-Men cartoon that we grew up loving. And we, we all know that. That's the big elephant in the room here that we need to address. But it's still pretty damn good and um, enjoyable and fun. And I'm actually finding myself wanting to watch more episodes after we, now that we've wrapped, you know, this review, I still actually want to keep watching the DVD because I'm actually invested in it now and wanting to watch all those episodes again and see how it ends up, even though I know how it ends up. But you just it's just, you want to do it because you, you're kind of reinvested again. And it's just it's fun and the and the animation is fantastic the production values are, are are really good the effects are great they do stuff that you know with with the cartoon these days that they didn't do with the old cartoon in terms of like you know snap to clean or snap to blur sort of effects and things like that um and just really cool sort of framing um devices like that which i'd love to see employed in x-men 97 when it comes out if they do that yeah so i think i think five uh, sorry i think four out of five is 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 good and i and i i like the show for sure I do like it. It definitely showed promise. If I'm honest, the main storyline, again, I just think Sentinels, when I think this show is interesting, having Xavier in the future, communicating with the X-Men in mm. the present day. You know, like the episode where you're with Xavier in the future and he stands up. He's like, oh, shock, you can stand up. So yeah, there's, yeah. there's lots of interesting, like... yes, there's lots of interesting ideas you know, when it moved away from the main storyline, like the Hulk episode, like mm. it's definitely a highlight. Yeah. When we saw things yeah. like that, I think if we if we got that second season, I think building on what we saw in this first season, they would have been on their way to getting something great. Where it's mm. not quite there for me, but it is a recommend. I'm going to come in at a three out of five. I like what they're mm. doing with the show. There's some interesting ideas. It doesn't all work, but when it does work, it works 
really well. And Steve Blum as Wolverine, he really is fantastic. Dude, you've said all that better than I could have. You put into words everything that I wanted to say, but just couldn't. So you nailed it. Well done. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, that's it for our episode all about Wolverine and the X-Men. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Nathan, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you for having me back, man. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.